Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, we all want to build winning teams, but what does it take to do that? Is there really a biblical perspective or directive that makes this a little bit easier? You know, all of us have experienced disastrous experience on a team from the first time we were put on a team project at school and now in our work or maybe even on a team at church. What is the answer? Well, one scholar thinks he has the answer to build a winning team, and that's Mark Verkler. He joins us today to share what God has revealed to him, and he's going to share it with all of us. Mark Verkler, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, it's so great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Mark, let's just start off with just a simple little conversation starter. What is the career path that the Lord has had you on before you started all of this work in feeding into Christ followers and their work? Well, I straight from high school, I went to Bible college, got a degree there, then became a youth pastor in a Wesleyan church, um, then an associate pastor in a Methodist church, pre-Methodist church, and then I founded my own church, which I pastored for a number of years. And um, after that, I was hired to go on staff of a large church, 3,500 people, and I was one of 13 pastors at that church, which was Full Gospel Tabernacle. And then after that, I formed uh, Community God Ministries and Christian Leadership University. So you worked in a ton of pretty large businesses. I mean, a church that's got 3,500 members, that's a large business when you look at the money Mm -hmm. flowing in and out. So you learned a lot about building a team and how not to build a team, didn't you? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you have a lot of stories you'd like to share. Uh, All in all, did you see churches out there that you were working in that actually were succeeding at building winning teams? Well, that church I had worked in, Full Gospel Tabernacle, they had three and a half thousand people, and so they had a winning team for sure. It was every piece that was necessary was in the team, it was functioning properly, and it was was like being in in heaven, you know, here Mm -hmm. on earth. I felt that was the greatest work experience I've ever had in my entire life. Oof. It was it was a joy to, joy to be on that stage. That's awesome. And if we could all have one job like that in our lifetime, it would be amazing. You listen to the I Work for Him as we're talking with Mark Berkler, cwgministries.org, cwgministries.org. Mark, almost everyone listening has been on a team that was dysfunctional, and because of that dysfunctionality, they failed to meet their desired objective, and they got really wickedly frustrated along the way. Why is it so hard to build a winning team? <laughs> well, that's a good question, Jim. You know, I think there's probably a bunch of reasons. One is, you know, ego. The person who is on top feels that they know everything, and they're in charge, and everybody else just shuts up and, and does whatever they're ordered to do. And so that's got to be one big, probably the number one block, I would think. Now, for other people who, other people, they just don't even know they're supposed to build a team. It's a mom-and-pop corporation, maybe, you know, and build business, and, and they don't know they're supposed to build a team. And, and who knows, maybe the husband hasn't even realized that he's in a team with his wife yet, and he's supposed to be asking her for input on decisions, and he's just making all the decisions himself and giving orders to her. So maybe he's never been exposed to a a compatible relationship where both people share the giftedness that God has in them. And um, some people don't know how to pull together a team. That'd be the third reason. They just, they just don't know how they would make that happen. <clears throat> and the fourth and final reason I want to give is 
<coughs> excuse me, it's very hard to find good team members. Um, I know when I've been trying to build a team, you know, I tried to hire a marketer on several different occasions because I knew that was the area that our team was weak. And I spent many, many thousands of dollars hiring different marketers who I thought were proven, I thought could do a good job. And in every case, they totally failed, completely failed. So, so another, that's another reason, just you can't find the right people to fill the holes that need to be filled. You mentioned in the first segment that you had the the opportunity to be on an amazing team at a church of 3500 people. Well, just explain what you mean by what was what was it like? What was the experience like for all of us out here listening? What was that experience like to be on a winning team? How did it happen? <laughs> I was at, um I moved to that church after I, I left the small church I was at and a lot of times the reason we move in the first place is because there's pressure on us to move, and I think that's one of God's plans. And and so I was kind of pressured out of the church that I founded, and, and so I got, you know, I went and volunteered to work on the staff of this big church just to be a helper, and as a volunteering, they decided to hire me. And um, the church was beautiful. The, the man who ran it was an apostle, a prophetic apostle, and so he had the gift of administration, and he did a, did a really, really good job. And uh, then he brought on board, that, that team of 13 pastors, he brought on board people who had all the different gift mixes that are necessary to build a well-balanced, growing ministry or business. Because I think it's the same whether you're in a business world or in the church world. To build a well-oiled machine, you need to have people with specific skills working together in harmony. And he had that in place. And was that intentional? Like, did he know that he was doing that, or did God bring it all together, or is it a mix of the two? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> he was prophetic, so he worked out of intuition. That means he, he went with intuition. Mm-hmm. And I think his intuition guided him, you know, greatly as to what to do and how to do stuff. He just knew in his heart, he had an inner awareness, the voice of God just speaking to him, saying, move in this direction, do this. And and because he was prophetic, and, and businesses that are prophetic have, get the same kind of leading, and they move to the right posture so they can expand and grow. So I would say the heart of his success was his ability to sense God in his heart and make decisions on a heart level rather than just a head level. So is that what you mean? So there are a lot of listeners are going, but what does Mark Verkler mean by a prophetic business? Explain to, me what you, explain to all of us what you mean when you say that. He was, he was prophetic, and he led a prophetic business. Well, <clears throat> do you want to talk about the five different aspects of Well, well we do. We absolutely, we absolutely do. But, but, but absolutely, we absolutely do. But I want to make sure we explain. Some people may just be getting lost and going, hey, what did he mean by that really quick? Okay. All right. So prophetic. You know, in the Bible, you've got prophets who, who can hear what God is saying and can speak it to the people and can release it into society. So uh, that's what prophetic means. You, you can hear what God is saying right now for this moment in time. You can release it into society. Um, you know, one example of that in the business world could be Larry Page. He's a co-founder of Google. <clears throat> and um, he received the Google algorithm um, in a dream at night, which that's prophetic because God can speak through dreams. He can speak through visions. He can speak through his voice in your heart. And so Larry Page, he was at Stanford University, a college student in his dorm room, went to sleep, asking a question, how can I download the Internet to my computer? 
has a dream at night. Well, the Bible says God gives dreams, and in the dream he sees a bunch of rules as to rules for how to download the internet to his computer in his dorm room. He gets up in the middle of the night, spends two hours writing them all out, spends the next year developing it. He's now worth $56 billion, if you Google Larry Page net worth, from a dream, a prophetic dream that God gave him as concerning a gift that would serve society well. And he honed in on that gift. He developed that gift. He served us well. I mean, everyone uses uses Google, I mm-hmm. think, you know, a Google search bar. And we can access worldwide information. So because he served us well, we paid him back well. <clears throat> $56 billion from a dream, a prophetic dream given by God to a student in a dorm room at night. So that's one example of being prophetic. Mm. That's a great example. Thank that you for is. doing that. So let's let's dig into that. You were you were you know asking about if we wanted to go into what the the um, five giftings are, the fivefold ministry giftings. So I want you and to how explain to use them, and how, how to build to, a willing, winning team, right? Okay, so you know the Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there's wisdom and safety. Anyone who's building a business wants wisdom. He wants safety. He does not want to go bankrupt. And uh, so the Bible says, fine, you get an alternative counselor. You get a team around you. What kind of a team? You know, in Ephesians 4, 11, 7 through 11, he talks about a team that will bring an entity to maturity, okay? And he says the team is, God has given some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that would be the, <clears throat> the names of these people that they're working in the church. If they were working in the world, we would have different names for them. For the apostle, we'd call him the CEO, the, the top person. If it was a prophet, we'd call him <clears throat> the innovator, the one who comes up with product design that touches society and heals society, meets one of their needs. For the evangelist, we're going to call in the secular world, we're going to call that the salesman, the one who goes out and sells the product and gets people to convert to it. And for the pastor, that's the personnel manager uh, in, hmm. in a business, so the one who takes care of everybody in the business, makes sure that, that their needs are taken care of. And then the teacher, that's the operations manual, uh, operations manager who puts together a manual to make sure every step is, is understood by everyone and they all take the proper steps. So, so this, that's a five, <clears throat> that's a five-fold ministry team that God has ordained. And uh, he says, if you put that in place, he says, here's a lot of, here, here's the words that he, he uses to describe what's going to happen uh, in, in the, those verses, Ephesians 4, 7 to 11. And pl- apply these words to your, biz- to your business. It's going to be equipping. It's going to build up. It's going to provide unity. It's going to provide knowledge. It's going to bring to maturity, bring your business to maturity. It's going to provide a fullness, and you're going to grow up. Well, man, what businessman Mm. doesn't want those words to describe their business? And that's the promise that God gives in Ephesians 4, 7 to 11, if you have this five-fold team operating uh, in your company or in your church. So you've taken that information and you've actually written a book applying that, right? Let's um, tell our listeners about that. Okay, so we have written a book called... uh, how to build a winning team, mm. and we go through we go through all of this in depth. That's a hundred page book, uh-huh. and uh, we go through all of it in depth. And, and we say underneath these five fold ministries, there are actually five different heart motivations. And what you really want to have in your business is you want to have people working alongside in the leadership team who have those five heart motivations. So let's just take a moment and look at what those would be. Under the apostle, the apostle, his heart motivation is it's for the whole. 
Uh, he just wants to see that all the pieces are there to make the company run smoothly and to make the company successful or to make the church run smoothly and make it successful. So the apostle has a heart for the whole. He's a CEO, okay? The prophet, the innovator in your, in your business, he's got the heart for inspirational creativity. He just wants to come up with creative ideas that will touch society where it needs to be itched, will itch that itch, will meet that need, and they'll say, I need this, I want this. Okay? So that's mm-hmm. the innovator on your, on your team. Mm-hmm. The evangelist, the salesman, he's, he's got a heart for the harvest. He just says, he says, man, we need to convert everybody so they see the, the value of this particular product and they, they say, yes, I, I want Jesus or yes, I want this. I want Google, you know, I want a Google search bar, whatever, okay? Whatever it is that you happen to be selling, okay? Mm-hmm. And the pastor, the personnel manager, he's, he's got a heart for people. He's just just loves people. So someone on your staff has got to love everybody, care for everybody, and make them feel loved. Because mm. when I feel loved, I function well. Right. <laughs> and when I don't feel when I don't feel loved, I I'm on edge and, and I'm not functioning well at all. So somebody's gotta be there to establish and maintain that unity amongst all the different team people, the the, the, the workers on your team. And then the teacher, he's gonna be your operations ma- uh, manager. And the teacher's got a heart for truth. Um, he wants to produce a manual. He does produce a manual for all the employees mm-hmm. and say, read it because everything is laid out very clearly. And of course, my major gift would be a teacher. So I read a 100-page manual on what I just said in the last three minutes and say, why don't you understand this very, very clearly so that you can implement it very, very fully? Because if you do, your business is going to come to maturity and it's going to grow and it's going to expand and that's going to meet a need in your life. But, Mark, this doesn't just apply in a business. I mean, this could apply in any organization. When you're building a team, (laughs) I mean, it's any organization, whether it's a a four-walls church or a government team or an educational team or a military team. I mean, it it really, a manufacturing team, this, this applies everywhere, doesn't it? This applies everywhere, including a home cell group meeting where you all get together, you want five people there who are doing those five things, it implies to your home, okay? Because mm-hmm. you want your home to come to maturity and to be in unity and to be equipped and be built up. So between a husband and wife, there's a there's a gift mix. I mean, that's opposite the track. So if I'm a teacher, guess who I'm married to? I'm married to a lady who has a heart of a pastor. Now, if I honor her gifts and she honors mine, the synergy of those two is going to take us way beyond anything that either one of us can accomplish. And then I got a couple of kids too, and one has become our, the marketer for our company. So if I honor his skill in marketing, that's going to help the ministry expand or the business expand. And so, you know, even in your family, you can look for this these five heart motivations, and you can learn to honor and receive the gift mm. that each one has. So it works on every level in every entity. <clears throat> so, Mark, you've taken your hundred-page book. How to how to build a winning team, and you built a ten page summary just for the iWorkRam audience. Tell people how they can get a copy of that. Okay, so yeah, ten pages you download free. Um, we give a link uh, so you can just go to this link. Uh, so cwgministries.org forward slash iWork for him. cwgministries.org forward slash I work for him. If you go out there, you can get a download copy. If you're driving and you can't remember that, all you got to do is call us and leave us a message on our listener line, 866-713-9675. And we'll get you that link. 
no problem. So, Mark, when this all is in place, it works really well, as you described, in 20 seconds or less. What happens when this isn't in place and just one type of leader leads? Well, then then you have an unbalanced entity that doesn't go very far at all. You have a church of 50 people, perhaps. You have a business that's very small. It just can't grow. It can't mature. And uh, if it's in a church setting, you're going to have a teaching staff that's a teacher, who can, or else you're going to have an evangelistic church if it's an evangelist who's in the right. top. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're going to have a prophetic church if it's a prophet in the top. So, so in other words, it just isn't, gonna... it's not a winning team. That's right. So listeners, there is so much information here. And I tell you what, it is amazing that we can um, apply scripture in so many areas of our life that we just don't even think about. And so Mark's really opening our eyes to that. So go to cwgministries.org forward slash I work for him, and you'll be able to get a download that's been specifically created for you, our listeners at I work for him, to help you to understand and be able to apply this um, five what do you, I don't I can't read Jim. To, He's showing how, me something. How to build a winning team using the five fold yes. gifts. So very excited. So thank you, Mark, for putting that together again. CWGministries.org forward slash I work for him. Mark, when you go out to your website, there's so many resources, lots of different things, but I got another article that really caught my eye, and that is how the four step method to hearing God's voice. It, it tell us about this, Mark. Well, it took me 10 years as a Christian before I could identify God's voice within my own heart. Um, and when I asked people how to hear his voice, um, they just said, you know that you know. And I said, no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was very convinced that hearing God's voice was the center of Christianity, because Garden of Eden, they heard his voice. They went for a walk mm-hmm. and talk in the cool of the day. That was God's original intent, fellowship with us. And he's never changed that. Jesus won it back. Satan um, Satan got Adam and Eve to blow it, and Jesus won back Adam. He's a second Adam, so he restored relationship. And I said, well, my relationship with Jesus isn't working because I can't hear his voice. So finally, thought came to me to spend a year of my life learning to hear his voice, and of course, that thought was the voice of God. But at that point in time, I had not defined God's voice as spontaneous thoughts that light up on my mind. And that became one of the four keys that God taught me that year to hear his voice, which moved me and now well over a million other people into daily two-way journaling, just like John did in the book of Revelation, where he writes out his dialogue with God and with Jesus, and all the prophets write out their dialogue. And so we've taught people, you can do this, and it's really, really simple, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you can, and you can do it in your morning devotions, which will build a tremendously deep relationship, intimate love relationship with God. And then he will give you tremendous wisdom for every area of your life. Uh, my wife said her marriage improved greatly when I learned to hear God's voice. So, <laughs> so because so, well, God said really complex things like, love your wife. I said, I'm going to when I fix her. He said, no, 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 just love your wife, you know? And so, I mean, just a very small adjustment, but it heals a marriage, okay? So anyway, the four keys, you know, Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2 have all four keys. You quiet yourself down, quiet your own thoughts, Key number two, he said, I'm going to keep watch to see, so he's looking for vision. So we say, hey, fix your eyes on Jesus, just like King David did. Uh, I have set the Lord at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. So he's picturing the Lord at his right hand. I teach people, do that. I do that. Mm-hmm. Got to do something with your picturing capacity. It's better than picturing nobody next to you, because mm-hmm. God is Emmanuel, God with us. So let's picture what the Bible says is true, so we can move forward, not backward. So key number two is use the eyes of your heart, look in the spirit realm, see Jesus, and see what he's doing. 
And uh, key number three is recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts that light upon your mind, because the Bible says, out of your innermost being shall flow, 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 rivers of living water, this he spoke with the Spirit. So when I tune to flow, flowing thoughts, or I re- it's God's voice, it's the voice of the Spirit. When I tune to flowing pictures, it's dream and vision and godly imagination. And I had no theology for flow for the first 10 years of my Christian life. Now I have a very solid one, and we spend two hours in video teaching a theology of use of the eyes, your heart, and, and, and flow. you got 20 mm-hmm. seconds for step number four. <laughs> the fourth key. fourth key is to write it down. God said to Habakkuk, inscribe the vision. So we say, once you're tuned to flow with your eyes on Jesus, just just begin to write in simple childlike faith, knowing you can test it later, so you don't have to doubt it now. Just write in faith for five minutes, and then go back and test it later, and you'll have five minutes of God talking to you, or ten minutes of God mm. talking to you. And that's the four keys to hearing God's voice. It changes um, the person's life. And if you want a lot more on that, go to cwgministries.org, and you can get access to all of Mark Berkler's resources, not only hearing the voice of God, but all the Builder Winning Team and so many other things. Mark Berkler, thank you. Jim and Martha, thanks. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers in our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number four, him.com.